Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette. And joining me on today's show are the Naperville Area Humane Society, Nick's Network of Hope, and the Naperville JCs. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now from the Naperville Area Humane Society is their board president, Kevin Sheckle. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me, Jane. Oh, we're super delighted to uh, always talk with our cats and dogs, animal friends. It's always nice. Um, And I'm going to start right out with a a question I think a lot of people might be asking, which is, are you open? Absolutely, we are. Um, You know, we're operating in a different environment, of course, like everyone is. So it's uh, by appointment only. But believe it or not, in lieu of that, adoptions are steady, if not up. We have a lot more interest these days. Uh, We've taken precautions to sanitize the shelter. We have mask and social distancing mandates. But yeah, we are absolutely open. So come on in. Okay. Well, I think as all of us at home, I know that, you know, a lot of people talk about the fact that their pets are really loving having their packs and their people right there with them, right? Oh, absolutely. I read a lot of articles about once people go back to work, the effect that it's going to have on not being there anymore all the time, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and who knows how many people will be going back in the same way that they did before. But um, let's talk about something that I know is super near and dear to your heart because you're working very hard on it. And that is your capital campaign. You're really working on that whole shelter expansion project. So give us a little bit of an idea of how that's been going and what you got coming up. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I was actually at the shelter today and I was watching some earth movers push around some concrete. So we've officially broken ground as of earlier this week. You know, if you, if you look at the building that we're in right now, uh, it's from 1988. So it's over 30 years old. And in 1988, there were, I think, about 50,000 people in the city of Naperville. Smash cut to 2020 and there's 150,000 people in the city. So we haven't exactly scaled the size of our building to the expansion of the city in which we exist. And the demand for our services is higher than ever. And the only thing that's inhibiting us at this point is our physical space. So it's been a long time coming and uh, we're really excited to get the project going. Always fun to see that uh, breaking of the ground, right? And, and give us a little bit of an idea of what that's gonna look like when it's finished. So what, what's involved in that expansion, Kevin? Yeah, so our existing structure, if anybody's ever seen it, it's uh, on Deal Road, just east of 59. It's about a 3,800 square foot structure. Um, really small from a front lobby and an administrative standpoint. Uh, our kitchen, we like to joke around, is the most important kitchen of all animal organizations in the country because it serves as where we administer medicine, the intake, the socialization room, <laughs> the actual kitchen itself. Um, so that really kind of tells you the need that we have for more space. So we're doing an additional 4,000 square foot addition onto the shelter in addition to renovating the existing space. It will push out towards our parking lot and it'll have more room for multi-purpose, more room for lobby, more room for dog and cat kennels, just more room overall. It's, it's uh, much needed and well anticipated. That's exciting. And, and when are you anticipating that that might be finished? We actually talked with the builder today and they're aiming for an April 1 finish date. 
Oh, that's great. Well, let's hope that's not an April Fool's joke, and let's hope that you're going to be up and running on that date. Um, you have a number of community engagement programs and services that you offer. So give us a little bit of an idea while you've got construction going on in one part. What's some of the programming and engagement that your folks are doing? Yeah, so um, as far as programs that we have that are magnet programs for the shelter, there's a few that we like to talk about a lot. One is our Pets for Veterans and First Responders program, where we offer discounted rates on a lot of our adoption fees for people that are in the military or first responders. There that's is, wonderful. Yeah, it's a, it's a great program. There's another one that's really near and dear to us called Safe Pets. So for anybody that's in a situation of domestic abuse or home uncertainty that have animals and they need a place to take those animals while they're trying to, I guess, proverbially pick up the pieces of their life, we're able to intake those animals and take care of them at no cost, of course, while those people are going through that transition. Uh, we have a positive pet therapy program. So we have on-site pet therapy where we'll go to different facilities for that. Pause for Tales, where we'll have younger kids read with an animal. Um, all of the services and programs are listed on the website. That's really just the tip of the iceberg. And that's what a lot of people don't know about the organization. They think that it's just adopting out cats and dogs, but there's so much education and so much community involvement from the Humane Society that uh, we're the most proud of. Yeah, and I think that, and I think you hit the nail right on the head, right, with the with the fact that people do think oftentimes the shelters is just in and out, you know, uh, animals come in, animals hopefully get adopted out, but you really try to create a community over there with the services that you're providing, and certainly a lot of different target markets, whether that's, you know, the veterans or that's young children. I mean, that's a lot of community outreach. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I think there's been plenty of studies that have shown that raising compassionate kids or just having a compassionate community in general uh, kind of starts with showing how people treat animals. Now, you have a number of, um, you know, with COVID, I mean, obviously that's kind of changed the world for everybody a little bit as far as what activities and what events and fundraisers they're able to do. But tell us a little bit, because obviously you, you've got a capital campaign to pay for your expansion, but just housing and feeding and vet bills for the uh, shelter, that that's, doesn't come at a small price tag. So what kinds of fundraising things are you doing right now, Kevin, and looking to do as you go forward? That's been a... Uh really a moving target that the board and our executive director have been trying to deal with because a lot of the traditional events that we do, for instance, a top golf event, our gala, which is typically 200 to 250 people at the end of October, um, those have had to have been postponed or delayed. So right now we're looking at replacing our gala, which is the black cat ball with a black kitten ball. So of course it insinuates a smaller size. <laughs> Instead of 250, it's probably gonna be around 50 people we preliminarily have a location set up, but nothing is exactly in stone right now because the situation is so incredibly fluid. The primary source right now of our funding, which is really keeping us afloat, has been really generous donors as individuals. Um, our executive director, Kristen, is incredibly good at, uh, at soliciting grants, so we've been really fortunate to get some great grants. And uh, one of our sponsoring partners, which is Busey Bank, has done really well in helping us secure some of those PPP loans to help us be afloat too. So yeah. financially, we're in really good shape. Um, fundraising wise, it's starting to get a little hairy. So we're going to have to be creative going forward. Okay. So obviously, as we wrap up, funding, always something that people can do. Are there any other things that our viewers can do to help you out at this time, Kevin? 
Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, go to our website. There's a great flyover detail of what the capital campaign is going to look like. There's naming opportunities as well. So if you want to have your name on the dog intake room or the cat kennel, um, there's prices associated with all of those. If you're not able to donate monetarily, um, consider being an advocate for the Humane Society. If that's so much as posting our website and a little blip about how it's a special organization to you and consider donating on your social medias, people's personal Facebook pages or Instagrams, which have big reaches. Um, you don't have to give us money, just give us a little promotion and uh, we'll take that gladly as well. Oh, that's great. And I think that's always so true, right? We all have our own spheres of influence and if we can use those for good, that's always a great thing. Yep. Listen, thank you so much for stopping by. We really appreciate it. We're going to be definitely looking to next April 1, 2021 uh, for the hopefully a very nice ribbon cutting on your new facility. And we wish you all the best as you navigate through on behalf of all our little furry friends. So thank you for stopping by. And if you would like to get more information about the Naperville Area Humane Society, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break for a few short messages. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernett. And joining me today from Nick's Network of Hope is Linda Pacia. She's the founder and CEO, and she's also an author. So welcome to the show, Linda. Hi, Jane. Thank you for having me. It's a real honor. Good to have you with us. And we're going to start right out. What is Nick's Network of Hope? Nick's Network of Hope is a suicide prevention and a grief support 501c3 not-for-profit. We provide resources and education and support about life challenges with an emphasis on mental health awareness, grief support, suicide prevention. Um, we formed our not-for-profit in 2013 after we lost our son, Nick, to suicide. Um, Jane, we go into the community and we co-sponsor suicide prevention programs 
And we also do a lot of public speaking, which as you know, nowadays that means webinars. So uh, we're doing a lot of webinars these days. Um, we just did one, as a matter of fact, last night, we did a webinar for NAMI North Suburban. Uh, we're gonna be doing a webinar for San, San Giovanni for you. It's a not-for-profit in Naperville that covers mental health awareness and domestic abuse. We'll be doing an in-house webinar for YWCA. Um, I am the keynote speaker for Samar Samar Samaritan Interfaith um, for their Silent Samaritan Breakfast. And so that's gonna be happening in September. I have a feeling that will be a webinar also. Last, um, we'll go into churches and public speak, and we're going into schools. Um, for example, in the fall, we will be speaking, and again, it will most likely be a webinar, um, to Walter Payton College Prep High School, which is a magnet school in the Chicago public school system. So we're all over the place. <laughs> you are. You are. Well, and sadly, um, you need to be, right? Because this is something that touches so many people. It doesn't matter where you are geographically, socioeconomically, religiously. This is something that uh, certainly impacts a lot of people. And I know uh, through your personal tragedy, you've really turned that into an opportunity to work with people. Um, I know you have a very robust, I mean, in addition to all the public speaking you're doing, Linda, you have a very robust website. So share with us a little bit of some of the resources that are available to people, should they not be able to attend one of your presentations? Yeah, thank you, Jane. You know, it is, it's a really comprehensive website. We cover six different life challenges. Um, we cover depression, which dovetails into suicide prevention and awareness. Uh, we cover anxiety, LGBTQ issues, eating disorders, cutting self-harm, substance abuse and addiction. We have a really uh, an extensive resource page that links to all different national and local organizations. Um, there are all kinds of helpful articles on the website and um, helpline numbers. I really encourage people to go to that website because, um, you know, we all should become familiar, especially with the risk factors and the warning signs for suicide because it can happen in any family. And um, those are, are listed right there for everybody. Obviously, in COVID's a, a, a time where we're seeing a real spike in uh, not only suicides, but mental health challenges. So, um, you know, I think having those resources, exploring them and just becoming more aware is, is good for all of us. You never know where, where that might touch you. Um, you wrote, and I, I, I think this is just so interesting, you wrote a help book, uh, which has been published by your charity. So tell me what the book's about. Okay, so here, I actually happened to just happen to have it here. Uh, <laughs> it's Saving Ourselves from Suicide, Before and After, How to Ask for Help, Recognize Warning Signs, and Navigate Grief. Um, it is, like you said, it's, it's um, published by Autumn Bloom Press, which is owned and operated by Nick's Network of Hope. And it just came out in May. Uh, it is a valuable help book for people who are struggling in life, as well as people who are going through grief, whether that be by suicide or, or any other loss. Uh, and it's for people who want to help those two groups. There is a detailed table of contents that people can use to refer back to it time and time again. Um, it, it's 300 pages. The first 100, it, I, um, it talks about my son's story, but not in a self-serving way. It 
continually goes back to the reader and, and help is woven throughout it. And then the last 200 pages, we talk about our grief process and uh, you know, to help others who are grieving. And um, it goes into parenting. I discuss my uh, parenting perspective, how it changed after we lost Nick. Uh, I talk about just all the pressure that's on kids these days and how we can reduce the pressure. Uh, I talk about um, how we can live with more kindness and compassion in the world. And instead of just talking about these things conceptually, I give actually concrete examples of how we can do it. What's exciting is our charity is now contacting different health clinics, mental health clinics and professionals, and we are finding their patient client need. And on an annual basis, we will be donating um, books to them so that they can either hand them out or use them in therapy. And um, so it's just such a really good cause. I would um, just encourage people to please remember us when they make charitable donations um, because all their donations to our organization are tax deductible. And in fact, all proceeds from our sale, all net proceeds from our book sales go towards suicide prevention. Okay, that's amazing. And it sounds like a very, very instructional book. Um, and, and, and you talked very briefly there about the fact that it really is two sides of that coin. You, you're talking about both the suicide prevention and the grief and loss. Um, why both in one book? You know, it was really important to do that. Uh, when I was doing research, I went and joined some private Facebook uh, groups uh, for grief. And Jane, I was blown away how many people who are grieving are actually suicidal themselves. Um, and so it's really important if you're grieving to review those um, risk factors and warning signs and that information because you might be at risk or another family member may be at risk or feel that they are at risk. And then it goes, of course, the other way. Um, people who are struggling and have suicide ideation, um, the one thing that might keep them here is to read the grief part and, and to know what they would be putting their family through. Um, I've had friends, I had a girlfriend who told me that her son, when he became, um, you know, later in years in adulthood, told her that he was actually suicidal and the thing that stopped him from taking his life was the thought of putting his mom and dad through all that grief. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that is a, a tragedy that uh, it's, I think, from so many people, very incomprehensible. And uh, I applaud you for taking that personal tragedy and really trying to turn it into something proactive and, and beneficial to those, those of other people who may not, uh, certainly, hopefully, have not experienced that. Uh, nobody would want to experience that, but can maybe help. And if you can find one person that you can help, right, that's a win on the day. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Linda, thank you so much for coming by. We wish you all the best with the speaking engagements, uh, whether those are in person or virtual. We know you bring your own special brand to that. And uh, best of luck with the uh, books and continued success with your organization and keeping all those resources available for the community. So thank you so much for stopping by. And if you would like to learn more about Nick's Network of Hope, please go and visit their website. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break for a few short messages. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Spotlight.
For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. NCTV 17's news team brings you coverage that is specific to Naperville, accurate, and up-to-date on the latest developments in our community. These stories keep us informed and inspired. These stories bring us together. If you value your local nonprofit television station, please make a donation so NCTV 17 can continue its mission of telling local stories on air and online. Welcome back to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Renette, and joining me now from the Naperville JCs is their president, Beth DeGuida. Welcome to the show, Beth. Uh, thank you, Jane. Thank you for having us. <laughs> always good to have our friends at the Naperville JCs, and I think it's always so important to start out with the mission. Uh, lots of people know you from the fling, but talk about the mission of the JCs. Sure, yes. A lot of people don't know, though we are a local chapter, the Naperville JCs is an international organization, and the mission is to provide development opportunities that empower young people to create positive change. I think that is such an interesting thing, because I don't think people know that you're part of the Junior Chamber, so that is always, I find, very fascinating. Um, Beth, it's no great surprise to any of us that uh, COVID-19 obviously has impacted the way lots of people are operating today. Uh, how has that impacted the way that you're able to operate and run the Naperville JCs? So typically, our, we are a very social organization. So anytime we have an opportunity to meet up, whether it's through an event that we are organizing, we put on, um, or just meeting up at a local um, restaurant, bar, just a, you know, be together, that's really changed. Um, we've gone mostly virtual, uh, sticking to Zoom calls, Zoom meetings, those kind of things. Uh, with the recent upgrades, uh, phase four, uh, we were actually able to have our first hybrid meeting yesterday. So we were, anyone who felt comfortable to be in person, we were in person outside the VFW. And then we also had the virtual component as well. So I think it, it went really well. And I think everyone was in their comfort zone and everyone was just happy to be there. Yeah, and I think that's so important, right? I think all organizations are trying to give people both options because everybody's circumstances are a little bit different, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, obviously, last fling, uh, we're all very sad because, you know, that's sort of our official end of the summer. Not that we're happy the summer's ending, but we're always happy to have the, the JC's last fling with us. And, and you had to make the difficult decision, obviously, in keeping with uh, the governor's rules to cancel that event. I know that was tough. Talk a little bit about that, if you would, and kind of where you are at this stage. Sure. So, Throughout the year, a lot of people don't know, it, it takes more than a couple months to plan the event, the, the, the size of the scale that uh, the last fling is. And so we had been working since, well, the year prior, uh, like August, September even. And so with all of that, we had a great committee, Matt Dingledine did a great job and I just wanna thank him so much for doing that. But what this does, it gives us an opportunity to actually look towards next year and then start planning and making it the best ever. So you just have to keep Keep with us. Keep looking at our website, and it's going to be an amazing 2021. 
I think that's great. And, you know, it, it is so hard. And I think people often don't realize, I mean, I, I've watched you. It's literally as the event is ending, your new team is already in the works for the following years. So um, it is a long-term process that you go about to make sure that that festival is really something that everybody appreciates. So we thank you for that work and we will stay tuned for Labor Day for 2021. Um, you have other events though that are coming up and uh, one of those is a, a traditional fall Halloween event. So explain a little bit to our viewers what that's all about and how they might get involved. Sure. So I don't know if anyone's familiar with the TV show Amazing Race, where it's a scavenger hunt across the globe. Well, during October, we are actually, instead of going all over the globe, we stick to downtown Naperville and you'll see us all running around, chasing clues, everything. And so with social distancing, this year we put a really fun twist. We made it a road rally. So our amazing Halloween race is a road rally where we'll be driving around uh, with five people per car and then chasing our clues down on the road. So it, I think it'll be an amazing opportunity just to continue and try to be as social as we can. I think that's great. And, and do people get dressed up for that this year, even though we're in the road? We're in the road. Hopefully we're not in the road, but we're in the car. Are we dressed up? So usually as participation, you get a t-shirt. Uh, this year we're changing it up and everyone gets a matching team mask to get out. <laughs> and so I think that'll be, so you'll see everyone driving around with masks on. And I think that'll be, it's a great addition. So. Yeah. I mean, not only is it safe, but it is a little bit like Halloween. I mean, the kids all get to wear masks at Halloween. So I think that's kind of fun. Right. Yeah. And aren't you the defending champion if uh, memory serves? Well, you know, not to toot my own horn, but yes, uh, my team won last year, so I am ready and just to come back and uh, win again. Okay. Well, sounds good. Now, I know one of the things that the JCs are very well known for, um, other than the JCs Smart Park, which we're all, I think, in these COVID times really appreciating in downtown Naperville, um, but one of the things you're known for is your philanthropy. And a lot of that starts, uh, you have a big passion for the food pantries. So talk about how you've been involved with that during these times and what you've got coming up. Sure. So, we have a committee, it's called our Food Giving Committee. Throughout, as a brief history throughout the years, we've actually um, been able to create meals, deliver to different those in need, uh, partnering with different not-for-profit food pantries. Uh, this year, once COVID hit and we realized that there are people, so many more people that are without jobs, they need the basic necessities such as food. So we've held um, multiple, we've held one food drive so far. We're still looking to do a couple more this year. Uh, this way we were also collecting clothes as well as even PPE, which is a lot of what many people need. So it's been an amazing opportunity for us also collecting donations as well. Yeah, and I think that's something, I mean, you're a large service club, and I think you, obviously, you provide a lot of services. I know one of the things I was surprised at, I didn't know about, is you, your, your folks are out there shoveling driveways for seniors in the wintertime, and uh, so that whole philanthropy uh, really weaves across so many things that you do, right? Correct, yes. We actually, we actually also have a, a, about a mile or so of the DuPage River that we, we uh, clean up twice or sometimes three times a year. Uh, this year, we're actually looking to get in some kayaks and float down the river. Uh, well, I think that's great. And I think more people are trying to be on the water this year because, you know, um, our recreational opportunities are more limited. 
As we wrap up here, Beth, you know, if somebody is out there thinking, hey, these things sound really good to me. I think I might like to become a member or I'd like to come check it out. What's the process for that? How do people learn more about you? How do they uh, get engaged and maybe become a member? Sure. What we ask you to do is just come to a meeting. Uh, we have our meetings. It's the second Tuesday of every month at 7.30 p.m. at the VFW in Naperville. Uh, first, all you have to do is come to two meetings, and on the second meeting, you have an opportunity to, to join us. Uh, and uh, at, even after your first meeting, uh, if there are committees and opportunities that you want to pursue, you are still able to do that. We appreciate any and all help. So it's a great opportunity. Very okay. easy. <laughs> and, and right now, as you said, you're doing kind of that hybrid model. So would they get information if they didn't feel quite comfortable coming in person? They could still come virtually. You provide that information? Of course. Yes. Please just where we have a, on our website, we have an ability to just uh, drop us a note. And if you're ever looking to find the link to join our, our virtual meeting, we can, we will gladly give that to you. Okay, wonderful. Well, listen, Beth, thank you so much for stopping by. And again, you know, we appreciate all the good work that the Naperville JCs are doing in the community. We know you're going to be back with the last fling, better, bigger, stronger, even in 2021. So thank you so much for stopping by. And if you would like to learn more about the Naperville JCs, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break for a few short messages. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining me here on Spotlight and to Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. If you would like to learn more about any of the organizations we talked to today, please go and visit our website at nctv17.com. And if you want more information about what's happening around town, make sure that you sign up to receive our daily news update or like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wynette. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.